Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Oh, hi, I'm your host, Michael Politz, and I don't know where Jennifer is. Oh, there she is. Are you getting prepared for today's show? I'm, I'm so ready for today's show. We've got such a great, exciting, delicious show today. Wow, I love that you said delicious. Yeah, because delicious, there's no substitute for delicious. Do you know what we're making? I had cravings. And I have a friend who can satisfy my cravings. His name is Bill Elliott. And he has a company called KBBQ. And they have the world's greatest Korean barbecue. And you can get it. And you can enjoy it. And you want to know what all the fuss is about with Korean fried chicken. And you want to know what all these ingredients are. Well, we have got the master giving a master class today. Yes. It's exactly what we're doing. We're doing a master class, mastering the art of Korean barbecue today with the one and only Bill Elliott. Oh, hello. That, are we bringing Bill on? I think we have to. <laughs> hello. <laughs> wow. How are you? Can you hear Bill, Jen? Are you here? Can you hear me? Absolutely. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I, I love you, Kitchen. We're going on a tour today in the world of Korean barbecue with the one and only Bill Elliott. Bill, before we get started today, um, talk a little bit about Korean food and how 10 years ago we barely knew what it was. And today it is like the hottest category in cuisine. Well, Korean food, you know, I think a lot of people know what Korean food is now, which is awesome. Um, but there's so many levels of Korean food. You know, when you talk about what most people know, it's Korean barbecue. Um, but there's so many different segments in Korean Korean food. Um, you know, most of it uh, is vegetable based. Um, so there are plenty of, of you know, in, in Korean food, when you when you sit down for a Korean meal, it's not just about the main course. It's really about the side dishes, which are called banchan. And those can be anything from sesame, you know, sesame and bean sprouts to spinach to, to egg dishes to um, uh, cheese corn, which uh, I don't know if you've ever tried cheese corn, but it's fantastic. Um, but also soups, you know, they, they, they're, they're, the Korean diet is, is very uh, balanced. So there is a lot of vegetables there's a lot of, you know, it's just a lot of component parts, um, you know, flavor profiles uh, from sweet to spicy to salty to sour. Um, it just runs the gamut of, of you know, of, of tastes, textures, hots, colds, all sorts of different things. 
cold noodles, hot noodles, you know, stir fried rice. There's, there's just plenty of, of variety. So I think that what, that's what makes Korean food so unique. And then health, health wise, um, yeah. Korean food is, is up there when it comes to health. When you get into say kimchi, for example, you know, kimchi is kind of a big, a big category. There's hundreds of different kinds of kimchi. And it's not just the kimchi that I shipped you, which was, right. is the, uh, the standard, uh, Napa cabbage kimchi that I sell to not only colleges and universities, but we sell that to many Korean restaurants in Korea because it's, it's legit, you know, it's, it's, you know, the way it is in Korea. So, um, you know, the dishes that we're going to cook today, you're going to cook today, um, yeah. are, are very, uh, very traditional, but you can actually put different twists on them and, and do variations as well. So, um, one of the reasons I think a lot of people became aware of Korean food is because in Los Angeles, there was a, a happening when the, uh, the Korean barbecue fusion thing happened. Korean food was always big in Los Angeles because there's a big Korean community, Korean American community now. Will you talk a little bit about how the culture, sort of the edible culture of cuisine and flavor sort of wove its way into the cuisine scene of Los Angeles? Well, Korean, you know, Koreans have been in the United States forever. You know, we started our business in, in 1970 and our first branch was actually in Chicago which has a large population of Koreans. Um, and so the Korean culture really, you know, after World War II um, really became, you know, you know, more people came from Korea into the United States. And, you know, LA is a melting pot, just like the whole United States is a melting pot. But, you know, Korean communities next to Hispanic community, you know, next to African-American community, you know, and then you have the Bangladesh and the Indian community. So, I mean, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a wide array of cultures and, you know, crossover is very easy in those type of things. That's why, you know, when, when they did the, the Kogi truck, you know, the, the, you know, the Korean and the Mexican, the flavors really meld well together because, you know, spicy food is, is popular and, you know, spicy food is, has been popular. Um, you know, but Korean food I, is not just spicy. It's, right. you know, it's the balance between the sweet, the sour, the spicy, the, the salty, you know, and textures and, and, and temperatures as well. Everything you've mentioned so far has one word in common, and that word is irresistible. And you had irresistible cold, irresistible hot, irresistible sweet, irresistible hot and spicy hot. And you could go around to every element of the cuisine that you just described, and it has this irresistible quality. And then when you bring them together, it's irresistible. And then when they play with other cuisines, it's irresistible. Korean, I'm gonna call them ingredients and flavors. Think of them like, like notes. You can take the same notes and make Korean music and you can make French music and Italian music, but imagine if these were just the most friendly notes that played well in every song, chord and tune that you could create. It, it, it's one of the hidden, to my mind, genius qualities of Korean food is that it just plays well with whatever you start with. Right. Exactly. I mean, you can take, you know, you see, uh, you see, um, you know, balance and balance and flavors, 
Um, but textures and temperatures all play off each other with Korean food, but it also plays well with, like you said, with, with Chinese and with, with Japanese and with, uh, you know, Mexican Latin American cuisine. Um, you know, the flavor profiles of, of, of Korean food, um, it yeah. does, it hits all notes. So it's, it's, right. it's widely so accepted. It's pleasing. It's delicious. It's bright. It's zesty. It's alive. And frankly, in a time like this, when some of our favorite restaurants aren't open for eat-in, dine-in, sit-down business. And, you know, maybe we don't have a great Korean restaurant within the delivery zone we live in. Uh, you are really emerging in the national food scene as the player most likely to step in and satisfy our Jones for, the, for some of these flavors. And I wanted to start because we've got water boiling. We're going to do some cooking together. And I'm grateful for you doing this. I wanted to start by having you talk a little bit about your company, KBBQ, and then Wang Distribution, and how you guys have become literally the preeminent company in the, in the country, in North America, for these products. And we're going to show these, and we're going to talk through some of them. So talk about the company for us first while I get some of these things on plates for you to showcase. Yeah, so uh, my company, um, I, I kind of work between both companies. You know, I'm, I'm actually employed, I'm employed by Wang GlobalNet. But under our umbrella, we have uh, KBBQ Meat, um, which is a company that we started in 2017 um, when we saw a niche for, you know, pre-marinated, pre-sliced uh, Korean barbecue meats because we really saw a hole in that space. Um, so we decided to, you know, go go into that area um, uh, and, and see what we could do. You know, we are a Korean company, so we have access to, you know, all the authentic ingredients. We have access to um, you know, our employees, the team members that I work with are, are 99% Korean. So, you know, as we're developing recipes, we can, you know, they'll tell us, yeah, yay or nay. So, I mean, it was, it's, it's part of the process of, you know, how we created, um, you know, the products and sending them back to Korea to get, you know, approval, um, from our, from our team back there to make sure they were correct. But, you know, to tell you the truth, with COVID and you know, in 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 what's going on in the United States with 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 everything and business and getting more, um, you know, as we get more into this, but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the need for products that are less steps. So you know, we can we can get you the authentic meat portion, and then you can add a lot of stuff from your shelf that um, you already have to create not only traditional Korean dishes, which we're going to do a couple of today, and then we'll do a couple of variances um, using, you know, using the, the Jay Bokum, the spicy pork and kimchi that we, that I sent you um, to, to create other things, but really less touches in the kitchen. So on the food service side, this product provides an authentic product that you can use in traditional ways, but also open up your creativity and create, you know, kind of what you want from it, or even, you know, adapting it to existing dishes that you have already on your menu and ramping up the flavors um you know keeping costs in check because we all know that most of the kitchens and the chefs that i'm talking to across the united states they don't have the labor anymore right um right. their their kitchens are very pared back um so to be able to give them something that they can play with and use in different ways is, is very powerful at this time well one of the things you're doing let's just use the word that that that's a solution I mean, right. I know people that sell things like to say, we're a solution to your problem. But the truth is, if you don't have kitchen help and your team had to, you know, get a furlough and right. you've got all of a sudden do the work of four people, you don't have that 
ability when you, and then the other thing is guests are going to be ordering in a really narrow window. So you, you're going to have these rushes and it's going to be tough. And these really become solutions. Right. And like, you know, my background, I mean, I'm hundred percent food related background. You know, I started in like 1983 as a, as a pizza cook at Perry's pizza in Newport beach and, you know, worked my way into TGI Fridays, worked there for 16 years, did everything, busser, manager, bartender, um, you know, I worked for Cheesecake Factory, learned really good systems. So, you know, I've been in the trenches with chefs and I, I know what it takes to, uh, you know, to run a kitchen. So, yeah. I mean, we also, you know, since we are a small company, we'd like to provide that solution and also, you know, work with the chefs hand on hand, you know, to try to help them develop. You know, we, you know, I, I take calls all the time from people. Hey, we really like your product. One, how do we get it? You know, which is a battle that we've, you know, faced. I finally have some natural dist- and, uh, some national distribution with Gourmet Foods International, and they've been a really good partner with us. They're a niche distributor, so they do have a lot of items that that chefs look for but can't get from a broadliner like a you know a Cisco or a U.S. Foods or you know some of these other large large companies. And since and they've been really good with us. But you know we're looking to expand. You know we're looking for you know to to do some other you know, some work with our websites so we can go to the consumer directly. It's just a logistics battle at this point, trying to get to that point. All right, Bill, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you here because we're going to start with our (laughs) Korean food primer. Okay. We're going to take the world on an introductory tour. You're going to teach us how to say these names the right way. Okay. And, um, and I'm going to have you talk about, let's just start with what I'm going to say is the hero product. Kimchi. Yeah. Yes. Michael, can you can you make a bill bigger? Because this is really important. Because as far as I'm concerned, this is like pouring the foundation of a home, talking about a core product like this. Because this is going to be either the ingredient in or the companion flavor to and the inspiration note of all the cuisine we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so kimchi, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a very broad term. Uh, you know, that product that I gave you right there is is our Napa Napa cabbage cut kimchi. But we have, you know, just in that one category, we probably have, you know, 10 or 15 different versions of, of that product. And then we also have, you know, the daikon radish kimchi. Um, you know, we have other other types of kimchi, but it's it's there's over 200. I would say more than 200 different types of kimchi. Um, it's a very staple part of the Korean diet. Um, it's a very healthy product um low in fat high in vitamins um you know it, it it with the uh the probiotic in the in the kimchi itself you know works really well for uh, uh you know your digestion um it's part of almost every meal with the korean diet um just as straight or you know as an ingredient we're going to be using it as an ingredient today um, yeah. and we should also say that the fermentation and fermented foods are having a moment right now because we're beginning to understand that our entire health ecosystem is very much oriented towards our gut and our gut is like home base. And if you imagine your body, right? Like the four bases in baseball, the most important place where it all starts and where it all finishes is the gut. Right. Exactly. You know, kimchi is, you know, delicious. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they, it's kind of one of those products it's polarizing either you love it or you hate it i'm saying but but a lot of times that people hate it because they haven't tried it or they just think it smells um or, so i mean or, you well, 
have you had the best kimchi in the world? And how can you take kimchi and really show someone what it's supposed to taste like? How can we tell someone what it's supposed to taste like? Well, I mean, there's just so many different tastes because, I mean, young kim kimchi tastes different than older kimchi. You know, typically with, uh, you know, when you're using it as an ingredient, you're using, you know, for a lot of the recipes, and there's a canned kimchi too. You know, that's our stir-fried kimchi, kimchi, which you could also use in the same dish, and it'll save you a step. Um, you know, and we're so going to use that today because that's what you sent us, and we're going to use this in our, in our first dish that we're going to cook together. But before we do that, I want to actually finish talking through the product line because there are some staples of the Korean pantry that I think are essential for people to become familiar with. One of Definitely. them, of course, if you watch Food Network, you've seen our friend Bobby Flay. And Bobby Flay has, almost every time he's competed on Beat Bobby Flay, increasingly frequently, he is turning to Go to John. This, little, this little red box. And everybody's like, what is that? And then they say it's so fast that you can't really understand so can you give us, what is this, and why does Bobby Flay love it so much? So gochujang is a, a fermented red chili paste, you know, and it's, it can be fermented with either rice or, or wheat. Um, and, you know, basically gochugaru, which is a red pepper, uh, you know, a Korean red pepper. And, you know, they put it together and they ferment it, you know, for a long period of time. And it develops this almost uh, sweet um, there's a real umami to it and, you know, different spice levels. I mean, there's different spice levels of gochujang as well. So that one's a, a pretty standard one. Um, that one is no added MSG. Um, that's, that's a great starting point because you can always make dishes spicier, but that one is a, is a really good spice. Um, and I'm going to put some up on, on the back of a fork so you can see it has a sort of, um, dark red brown color to it like a really ultra rich organic tomatoey ketchup uh it almost looks like a barbecue sauce and a ketchup just thickened up a little bit um how hot is this do we use scovilles when we talk about heat in korean food as well um you know that one i would say is is pretty pretty middle of the road um on the spice level but you know spice is very subjective um you know everybody i mean for some people ketchup is hot so for right. the average for the average person that you know is is pretty comfortable with spice, I would say that one's probably on the low to low to medium side as far and as you just and we see Bobby Flay taking a big spoon like this, scooping it up and just tossing it in and blending, doing a lot of blending with a product like that. Right. Because it adds a different dimension than say just a straight pepper that just gives heat, you know. You know, like That's a chipotle so pepper. That one's yeah. that one's the dengjong. So that's the uh, fermented soybean paste. It's a little okay, bit different than this again. Dengjong. Dengjong. Yeah. So that's that's uh, uh, you know a product from Korea that um, is is almost similar to a miso, um, a little bit more pungent, I would say. Um, and that one's great in like a stew. They do a, a dengjong stew, and they do like a Korean barbecue. You can order that. Um, which is a very popular and super umami, almost almost like a cross between like a peanut peanut butter consistency and like a hummus yeah. consistency. Yeah, it's like if um, peanut butter and hummus had a, a baby. Yeah, together. right, exactly. But the flavor profiles, uh, you know, I would say similar to a miso paste. Um, now, 
I fell in love with this. I started cooking with it and I kind of am almost putting it on everything lately. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, so I mean, that's... it's a little sweeter than I normally work with, but I use this now in place of honey in my dressings, in almost everything that I'm making. It just takes an edge off without losing the salty sweetness of everything else I'm doing. Right. So that's, you know, that's our standard Japchae sauce. So Japchae sauce is typically a combination between soy, garlic, and uh, sesame oil. Um, it's a very basic sauce, maybe some black pepper. Um, but yeah, it can be used uh, in the dish that we're going to make, but it also can be used as a marinade in addition to salad dressings. Um, super versatile, um, very balanced, but yeah, a little on the sweeter side. But Korean food does play with the sweet, really nice. horrible kind of consistency to it. Right. Yeah, Korean food is, you know, the balance between the sweet and salty is, is very, very, uh, you know, common. So, I mean, a lot of, uh, like the bulgogi, for example, it has a sweeter profile, for sure. The beef bulgogi that you use for the japchae. And we're going to do some of that. Just why is she out of the screen every second? Every time I look, she's... <laughs> there she is. She's Jennifer, coming out. We, we don't see you. <laughs> Yeah, so you done. don't need to see me. You need to. I'm. T you. You would rather know these products than me. Well. Yes. Well, I, I'd rather. I'd rather know anything than you. I gotta tell you, these products are sensational, and having the chance to learn about the core pantry elements of a great Korean kitchen and pantry with the master. This is the rare opportunity. And That's love the this master story. is very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God! Let's talk Excuse about me, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, please tell yeah, us. <laughs> so that one's samjang. So that's a combination of the dengjang and the and the gochujang, and then mm -hmm. they add garlic and a couple other seasonings into it, and that's a condiment used for like the lettuce wraps. So if you're yeah. doing the spicy pork and kimchi, you put a little dengjang. I mean, a little samjang with your lettuce leaf. Uh, yeah, same similar consistency to the dengjang, almost like a peanut butter is it hot? kind of texture. Bill, is it hot? No, it's savory. It's it's umami. It's 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 salty. It's sweet. Um, not not typically hot. Uh, lots of garlic notes in it. Right, and so can I tell you something, Bill and Michael? No. The first one we tried, which is the Bobby Flay version in the red box, which is called gochujang. Go to John. You don't have that? Everybody uses go to John. And I have it. I have it. It's a cool little bottle. I always have it in the fridge. The kids love it. I was trying to find some is. of that. Bill never sent me any. Don't worry. It's coming. I got a pantry box coming your way, bro. No worries. I want you to know let's go to borrow from the three little bears in Goldilocks. This one is a little bit too hot, right? This one. <laughs> is a little too salty and this one babe i'm gonna tell you this one is just right why bobby mean, isn't cooking with this one every you mean that one <laughs> <laughs> you mean snake Pliston is just snake right <laughs> bill you didn't know you were gonna get a snake Pliston today did you no i didn't that's a blast from the past my friend yeah that's so, that's the green red pepper powder. So that's the gochugaru. So that one's one of them's fine and one of them's coarse. Um, you can you can amp up your uh, your gochujang with just adding a little bit of either of those. 
Um, as one of the prime ingredients is, empty, is, is the gochugaru. You could use it for chicken. You could yep. use it for fish. You could use it in a salad. It is usable, Jennifer. Oh, yes, for sure. And then if you really want to cheat um, and not cut up your Korean pear and your onions and your put your, your fish sauce and put your gochugaru and salt your cabbage and all that kind of stuff, you could actually just salt your cabbage and use the kimchi base to make a quick kimchi at home. Very simple. Have you heard of kimchi soup? Bill? Yes. Kimchi, soup. kimchi stew. Uh -huh. My mother-in-law made that the other night for herself. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's one of one of the, the staple dishes. There's actually places in Koreatown that, you know, it's, that's, that's their specialty. Oh, wow. um, and there's some, some really good ones out there for sure. But fairly simple to make. Um, which I can send a recipe for you. It's a few ingredients. It's not oh, hard. What's, what's that, Jack? And that's uh, purple sweet potato noodles. So that's the primary ingredient for japchae is a, is a cellophane noodle, sweet potato starch noodle, um, you know, gluten-free, uh, naturally gluten-free, low in fat, um, uh, very chewy texture. Now, Bill, uh, if you drop that in a deep fryer, will it puff up like the rice noodle? No. Yeah, that one. Wouldn't that, that one, be something? Wouldn't that be it something? It would be. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would, well, you know what? I haven't tried it. I don't think it will because the rice the rice noodles are a little different. But those might be a little too thick. Yeah. Um, you know those. But it, I'll try it and let you know how it comes out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> might be good so, for the salad. <laughs> well, chefs chefs could start using that more and more if that's the case, right? Chefs right. Use for color and for everything else. Like yeah, color. I mean, it's, it's a pretty versatile noodle. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, japchae is a dish that's either a main course or it can be a banchan or um, it can be eaten, eaten cold, hot. Um, you know, it, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of Korea's most important dishes is japchae. Japchae. And so, Bill, I'm going to drop this in the boiling water that we've got right now. Okay. And because uh, I, I, I don't want to run out of time with you. But I wanted to just before I pull the duck out of the water. She always puts rubber duckies in her water. <laughs> and I wanted Look people to see if you can the color of these beautiful noodles. I love it when you show us the color of your noodle, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> and that's that's just one of the job chain noodles that we have. Uh, we have other ones uh, that aren't purple, uh, just from straight sweet potato starch. Um, we have cut those. Those, I believe, are the cut ones, um, yeah. but we have uh, other ones that aren't cut, so it's a big blob, and you put it in like the more industrial setting, then you have to cut it with scissors to, to cut it out. Um, so those okay. are more user-friendly. Whoa, what's that? Those are tonkatsus. Yes. So we have chicken katsu. I have katsus in my house. What's going on around here? <laughs> so you we know, have chicken. So we have chicken we first, Bill. We were friends first, Bill. <laughs> well, as soon as things open up, we can actually really cook together somewhere. You know, once we can, you know, feel safe in the same so room. How does that come? How does that come? Bill? It comes frozen, right? Yes. Yeah, so those those are raw protein. Um, there's three versions. We have chicken. Uh, so straight chicken katsu. It's a whole whole pressed muscle. So it's not particle chicken. Then we have uh, the pork, which is the regular standard tonkatsu. And then we have the tonkatsu with cheese. So one of them stuffed with mozzarella cheese. Um, you know, super great in sandwiches, just on their own with, with the traditional style. 
um, you know, shredded cabbage and a tonkatsu sauce, which is a Worcestershire ketchup-based sauce. Typically, is in nature. Bill, um, a katsu sauce is really just Worcestershire and ketchup. Yeah, it's 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 similar. I mean, it'll have it'll have some sweet notes to it. Um, the Worcestershire has, you know, it has so many ingredients in it. It'll have a sweet component, a spicy yeah, component. That I wondered, wondered about that. What does it taste like? And now, yeah. what it tastes? Yeah, okay. If you taste it, you can get the you can get the Worcestershire notes in the, in, yeah. in the sauce. Um, and then you know she's gonna make a, a sauce with kewpie mayonnaise and the gochujang um, and a little sugar and some rice wine vinegar. Um, which also works well with that. Um, sandwiches galore. I mean, those are so easy. You can make some really awesome sandwiches with those, um, just with a few simple ingredients. And, tip cooking. and we're going to start cooking in about a minute. But, but Bill, why in a minute? Why in a minute? What happens within the next 67, 57 seconds? <laughs> Bill is going to tell us why something like this is such a great solution when you have less kitchen staff, because this would take you. Uh, an hour to prep, I'm going to guess. Right. You know, those, do, I mean, anytime you have to bread something, you have a lot of stations, you have a lot of chance for foodborne illness. Um, there's just a lot of steps. Um, we do that in our USDA plant. Uh, we, we use, um, you know, a really light uh, batter. And then we actually use the Nama panko, the fresh breadcrumb, rather than a semi-dry or dry panko. So the texture is a lot different uh, when you fry them. All right. Um, that's and here's uh, on the hero the, product. On Jennifer's, uh, on my left is the spicy pork bulgogi. So that's uh, uh, pork shoulder. We cut it to about five millimeters. Um, then we marinate it in our sauce, which is gochujang, gochugaru, onion, garlic, a little sesame oil, a little soy sauce, um, and then uh, some sweetener, which is the Korean pear puree. And the chicken is a similar marinade, a little bit less spicy. Um, a little bit more on the sweet side, I would say. Um, great grilled, you know, chop it up, put it in a stir fry. Makes a great lettuce wraps with just mushrooms and green onions. Um, you know, very, it, it's that's the whole thigh. So, so, so Bill, let's just clear all this up because before people think, are, are we importing proteins into the U.S.? Are these U.S. proteins? How is all no. this working? Where are you and what are you all producing that sends this to me frozen, literally ready to go. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we use, you know, a few different meat suppliers, um, most of which are uh, United States based. A lot of our meat comes from Nebraska. Um, our pork comes from Nebraska, you know, different parts, Iowa. Um, we do from time to time, depending on what time of year, we do get some Canadian AAA beef uh, for yeah. our short ribs and for our beef bulgogi. Um, but, I do you love know, Alberta beef. I do love Alberta beef. I have to say. Yes. So I mean, quality. You know, we look for the right marbling. Um, you know, there's a. You know, personally, I like more fat. <laughs> you know, it's just me. But I, I, I prefer something that's a little bit more fatty. Those are kind of in the mid range when it comes to marbling. Um, but you know, the chicken is is all locally sourced in in California. Um, you know, sometimes we use Jidori chicken depending on you know, what we're making. Uh, we, we can private label products as well. So um, we can take people's existing recipes and make them. And we got a few projects going on right now. We're also working on some project to actually cook these already cooked. So on the store level, it they can actually heat them up sous vide or put them in your combi oven, heat them up and bring them to the line. So there's some nice. stuff that we have working. 
And Jennifer, what is that, the vinegar? Nope, that's yeah. the uh, 100% sesame oil. Sesame oil, all right. Would you yep. prefer her to have a manicure? Hold on, Jen. Bill, would you prefer her to have a manicure prior to showing us her nails like this? <laughs> if she can find some place that's open. <laughs> I know in California, in, in LA, that's kind of tough right now. <laughs> this is a look. <laughs> All right, Bill, and last but not least, one of the iconic foods of Asian cuisine. People either love or hate mayonnaise, but if you love mayonnaise. Japanese MSG mayonnaise. Many chefs prefer, prefer that mayonnaise. Like what's up with Very the light. mayonnaise? I mean, this yes, is- Yes, fantastic this is product. Like, this to some people is like they love this even more than sriracha and it's come sriracha you didn't know what sriracha was 10 years ago and now it's everywhere you go cuban right. mayonnaise five years ago you never heard of it next year it's going to be everywhere you look talk a little bit about cupy mayonnaise well cupy mayonnaise is, has been around forever um i think it's becoming more in the forefront now that you know um the uh, asian cuisine is actually becoming has become more popular um, it just has a great flavor profile. It's not so heavy. It's light. Um, it's got a great fl flavor profile. And you know, MSG to me is is not a bad ingredient. Um, yeah. It's got a bad. It's got a bad rap out there. Um, but it, actually, MSG is is you know, it's it's part of Asian cuisine. Um, really, to make a lot of authentic things authentic, it's really hard to take out the MSG and do that. Um, but you know, it's just a, it's just a consistent product. It's it's very delicious. It's it's versatile. It's I mean anything that you use mayonnaise in for right now, egg salad sandwich, do cupy mayonnaise next time and see what the difference is. Um, you know, it does make a difference. All right, let's talk about it. Let's do some cooking. What do you want to do first, my friend? Let's uh let's get going. Well, you're doing you're doing the uh, you're cooking the noodles now, right? Yep. Why yep. don't you start with the japchae? Okay. Talk me through what we're doing because I'm going to get the ingredients and in. talk a little bit about the history of this dish. Is it a dish you find all over Korea? Is it mostly in the South by the sea? No, no. Japchae is, is one of the most popular dishes in Korea. It's one of the most famous dishes in Korea. Um, you know, it's, it's been around for centuries. Um, and, you know, only in the, you know, in the past, you know, 150, 200 years have they started actually adding for one, the cellophane noodles. And then two, adding protein to it because back when they first did japchae, which which means um, a mixture of vegetables is basically what it means. Um, yeah. It was it was it was basically soy sauce, sugar, garlic, and whatever vegetables they had on you know on hand most of the time: spinach, um, carrot, um, shiitake mushroom, uh, red pepper. Those are traditional ingredients. Um, but now, now it's it's one of those dishes that's iconic in Korea, and, and you know every Korean family really has their their recipe that they do based off the traditional recipe. But you know additions from some spice, maybe some people will put some some gochujang in it. Um, some people will put egg in it. Some people will put uh, pork in it. There's just, I mean, I think you know it's one of those dishes that is very uh, ingrained in um, in Korean uh, cooking. Well, I've got the indoor griddle grill going. Do Perfect. Or do, do you want to do the chicken? Uh, do do the do the either or. I mean, the chicken. You know, I prefer cooking that on a grill, but you can cook that in a grill pan or or however. 
the pork, you know, is pretty basic. A little bit of a little bit of oil. Um, you know, if you're gonna do the 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 pork and kimchi, I would saute off the kimchi first. You got it. I'm gonna do a little bit of each. This chicken is beautiful. Is this like a chicken thigh meat? Yeah, chicken. It's whole chicken thigh, boneless, wow, skinless. It's, be it's beautiful. It's really beautiful product. It's the, in my my opinion, the thigh meat is the best part of the bird. I mean, I prefer dark dark meat. Uh, uh, breast meat dries out too much. We tried to do a version of that with the breast meat. It's yeah. just it, the texture of it got got really weird. So um, I'm gonna put a little uh, sesame oil in the pan first. Sure. You can do that or vegetable oil, it either or. Okay. Are you doing the job, Jay? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, just like a regular stir fry, just heat up your pan. I, I would cook that on a medium heat because when you put the bulgogi in, since it does have quite a bit of sugar, um, it, it yep. could burn. So medium hemp. And I would put the oil, do the mushrooms and, and, and onions and beef together. And then add the other vegetables and spinach and the sauce at the end. So, and and just so you can see, I've got my mushrooms and onions and veg all cut up here. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm going awesome. to with some of that. Yeah, so I mean, the the way the Koreans cook, cut the vegetables is pretty similar. You know, it's mostly julienne carrot, uh, yeah. thin sliced uh, mushroom, onion. The, the green onions are typically cut. Um, into one to one and a half inch pieces, the white end split in half to keep kind of consistency in size. Yep. Um, but it's all pretty much the standard cut on all of the vegetables that they do for each and every dish. Um, so there's not a whole lot of burnois or, or dicing or any of that kind of stuff going on. It's it's pretty basic. Um, okay, that's, and, that's all going and it goes pretty quickly. No, yeah, um, it goes fast. I mean, you can cook, I mean, as long as you do your prep, and cut your vegetables, you can cook a whole meal very quickly. You can make your banjan or your side dishes in advance and lay those on the table, make your rice, and then everything comes together real fast, which is very nice, especially now when, when people don't have a lot of time. Now, one of the things that I tend to cook in, A, because I love the room it affords me, I love when I do the blending and the mixing in my big metal mixing bowl. Oh, and you're, you're the same as me. My, my friends tease me about this big bowl, but it really lets every piece of food get every bit of sauce and flavor. And of all the cuisines of the world where you really want to spread out and get the flavors coating everything, it's this beautiful Korean food. Yes. And you'll see when you cook the meats, um, you know, they do have, they do keep their moisture. Um, you know, for my, my, you know, my student dining applications for the products, um, when they, when they cook them on the line, um, and they take them up to service and even the, the buffets, well, we don't have buffets right now, but, um, like in Vegas, you know, they the chefs are very impressed that the product does hold for a very long time and, and keep its moisture, which yeah. is, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you go to a buffet or something, you see product and, you know, people eat with their eyes, they see a dry product. They're not going to get that product. It's going to sit there and they have to change it out and put a new product before they, the customers will eat it. So, I mean, yeah. our product does, you know, it does hold very well, which is very, even the tonkatsus, um, you can fry those and keep them 
in a in a in a tray at a buffet or for for food service and they're still hot they're still crunchy they don't get soggy which is nice because the breadcrumbs we use and the batter we use um i want to ask you about something like this like a hot pot a lot of people associate this kind of communal cooking this communal dining this communal eating talk a little bit about the idea of communal and the big central service and the different sides around the core ingredient. Talk about the cultural aspect, how that really cultivates conviviality, which is so important in Korean. Well, yeah, I mean, when people eat, they like to have fun and they like to interact with each other. Um, and everybody has different tastes, you know, hence the amount of, of side dishes that they do. I mean, somebody might not like spinach and somebody might not like mushrooms. And, you know, this gives the opportunity to, to uh, share an experience and customize their own taste um, more than anything. And, you know, the, the side dishes are a very, very, I mean, we could talk, we could probably, you know, do recipes of, I did send you a couple of simple banchan recipes, um, but, you know, the, the side dishes alone could be a, a, whole, a whole topic for conversation because they are so varied and they're so different and they're so delicious. And, you know, every place that you go to has a specialty that they do. Um, you know, for one place, it could be the the kimbap or or the eggs or or the the you know the spinach the way they do it. But there's just so many variations. And, and japchae that's that's used commonly as a as a um, as a banchan as well. And then what you know, are we doing next? My vegetables are wilted. They're cooked. Uh, we're in. This is. I actually have a, a saute pan that um, looks a little bit wok shaped, so it can actually behave a bit like a hot wok. And I'm right. Down to where I think we're ready for the next stage. What goes in? Yeah. Next? So just, so now you would add your drop chase sauce, and as long as your uh, your your noodles are probably pretty much done, um, you can go. I mean, some people say you have to rinse them all the time, but I mean, if, if they're done and your your saute is done, you can add them directly and strain them and and add them directly into the into the pan and toss it together. I mean, if you go on YouTube and look at this recipe. Um, People do it a bunch of different ways. Some people saute each individual um, vegetable separately. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't have time for that, you know. So um, you can, you know, it comes together very quickly. And I'm going to put about, I guess, uh, two tablespoons. Yeah, just, just enough to coat, you know. It depends on the portion size, but you want to. You want to taste it. You want to. You want it, all the noodles to be coated. Um, the bulgogi already has the sauce, so it's already started to flavor the vegetables as well. So you really don't have to use as much unless you want it saucier. Then you can you can always add more. This I wish you could smell. Well, you know what this smells like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. But you sent me. I've cooked that many times in many different states, that's for sure. And we've just got to wait another couple of seconds. That's warming through. I like to add a little crunchy cabbage just at the end so it doesn't wilt, so you get that textural element. You get a little of the green cabbage, you get a little of the noodle. And I'm just mm -hmm. going to grab my serving dish. Yeah, people, you know, 
people put their own spins and this 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 food really gives you the ability to do that um there's always going to be uh uh some purists out there that uh oh you can't put that in 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 job chair or whatever but you know it's if you look at the dish in general i mean you can go on youtube and see you know a bunch of different recipes for it but um there's no right or wrong the mushrooms are incredible I'm gonna add a little bit of the cabbage to the top here. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Yummy. You know, the noodles, I mean, everything in here is just, the, the, the aroma this is throwing off. If, 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 if you wanted to make something so soul satisfying, and I don't mean to make a Korean pun there, but this is truly soul satisfying. Looks delicious. Yeah. No, I'm going to be greedy and eat this when we're done here. I've still got <laughs> some stuff to, uh, I've still got my goodies on the stove. The, kid, the chicken's still cooking. Um, Bill, talk to me a little about cooking with the kimchi. Yeah. So kimchi, you know, as an ingredient, um, I would say, you know, kimchi stew is probably a traditionally one of the, the most uh, popular dishes for uh, the use of kimchi when you talk about cooking it. Um, for me, I, I, I do, do people even know that you can cook kimchi? Most of us just know it as that cold, really spicy, really tangy fermented cabbage. Well, I think, I think, you know, people are learning more. Um, but like, uh, the Jay Bokum, which is the Jay Bokum kimchi, which is, you know, the spicy pork with kimchi. Um, yeah. that dish is, you know, fantastic. Just wrap in a lettuce leaf. Um, traditionally that, that dish is, you know, it, People add different kinds of vegetables to it as well. But uh, kimchi fried rice, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had kimchi fried rice, but if you haven't, that's something that you need to try. Um, and, you know, standard, you know, uh, fried rice recipe, you know, some vegetables and some kimchi that you stir fry. And, um, you know, typically a, a pork product, bacon or spam or, or um, the spicy pork, um, all work well with, uh, with the cooked kimchi. Gives it a different right. taste. So do we have time to do one more dish? Because we've got about five minutes left. Why don't you do the spicy pork and kimchi? You got it. The pork is already on the uh, griddle. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, did you make the uh, – why don't you make the, 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 the sauce and make a taco with the, with the, um, with the, uh, the spicy pork when it comes out or the chicken? You know, you already have your cabbage, so just, just mix your, uh, your sauce – for the for the um, for the taco. Yeah, let's um, do that. Let's do that while we're together. So talk me through this and explain the ingredients and how they work together as we're blending this. Okay, so basically the kewpie mayonnaise. You're gonna use one cup of the kewpie mayonnaise. Then you can eyeball it. Okay. And then I would do uh, do uh, like 
two tablespoons of sugar. Yeah. Let me grab my spoon. Okay. So two tablespoons of sugar. Yeah. Um, and then get put two spoons of gochujang in there. Just a standard, you know, tablespoon. Yeah, that spoon's perfect. Now I feel like Bobby Clay. There you go. And then do uh, do one tablespoon of uh, rice wine vinegar or white yeah. vinegar or whatever vinegar you have. Now, if people don't know how to cook with rice wine vinegar, it's one of the most versatile. Everything from just a sprinkle of this, and we should show people, it's just a beautiful, almost golden, pale golden wheat straw color. Yeah, it's 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 great in salad dressings, just with a little bit of citrus and rice wine, and maybe a drop of sesame oil and a little bit of vegetable oil. Mix it in, it's good. Makes a good vinaigrette. Um, yeah. Just mix that up now, and you can put uh, sesame oil in there as well. I just did it because I'm addicted to your sesame oil. <laughs> you know, sometimes you we make that also lime lime juice and lime. Instead of rice wine vinegar, sometimes we use uh, uh, lime juice and lime zest as well, um, and it and it comes together really nice. But it'll be like a bright orange color. Yeah. It's what what happens here is amazing, and and I'm gonna have to come around again and show you this because this isn't a color like anything else we've already seen today. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice color. Taste it's it. Beautiful. You know, I'm originally from New England. I'm originally from Boston. And this flavor, we grew up with having something called clam roll. It's a hot dog bun stuffed with fried clam bellies. Oh, fried clams. I love oh. This sauce on a fried clam roll. Oh my gosh. I haven't had a fried clam in a long time. Oh my gosh. Right? Like, don't you want one now? I mean, I do. Isn't it funny, though, Bill, how you taste something like this and instantly your sense memory takes you to the thing that goes with it? Right. Well, back right? in the day, TGI Fridays had the best fried clams that I've ever had. They were fantastic. You know what you guys had that I miss? And try what? to find them anywhere? Potato skins. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You, they have those in the freezer section now, but they're not the same. <laughs> Need a push getting your spirits, wine, or beverage brand into the hands of consumers? Interested in winning medals like a double gold award? Proof Awards 2020, the ultimate beverage competition, can help jumpstart your brand into the hands of beverage buyers. Enter the Proof Awards. Be a part of the Proof Awards marketing campaign with our partner, Food and Beverage Magazine. All of our judges are buyers, and that's what sets our awards program apart from the others. Our judges head the beverage programs for restaurants, bars, nightclubs, casinos, liquor stores, big box retail, and national wine and spirits distributors. Your brand will be tasted by buyers from more than 15 states across the U.S. We have hundreds of categories to choose from at www.proofawards.com. Be seen by 12 million readers with our partner, Food and Beverage Magazine. Get tasted and rated by buyers. The 2020 Proof Awards competition is open for spirits, wine, and beverage brands today. Proof Awards 2020, moving brands into the marketplace. www.proofawards.com.
Bill? Yep. We're ready to put this all together. Am I going to take the meat off the grill and toss it in this gorgeous sauce? Sure. What else are we going to do? Uh, so, no, wait. What I would do is I would – that sauce is for the taco. So drizzle oh, okay. that. So you can put your tortilla, put your cat, your meat, your, your cabbage, and then drizzle that sauce on top. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Well, you know, we're running out of time, so I, I'm going to try and do this as quickly as I can here. Hang on. You are? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> Bill Michaels, uh, he's an awesome co-host, but when I'm cooking and eating and he's not, he gets just gently grouchy. <laughs> no, I get to talk about my book then, Jennifer. <laughs> the Guys of Restaurant Success. There you go. <laughs> you know, Jennifer, I'm keynoting at the Florida International Food Show. Did you know that? Like I yeah. as I did on, as I did for the Western Food Expo. And I am you. The last time we had who? We had great chef David Burke is my guest, and we wow. had Dan, Dan Simons from uh, Founding Farmers coming up for the Florida. We're going to have Elizabeth Blau. You know her, Jennifer. We talk about her every show. And I'm looking for a great chef. I I've got a few hats in the air that I'm trying to figure out. Who shall we bring? Who shall we bring? But these are trade shows, Bill, that you would have been. Right, these are trade shows. Yeah, we, you know, we, we do. Uh, we do the inter the national restaurant show every year. Uh, we do the Western. Uh, I mean the uh, the Natural Products Expo. Uh, we do this Boston Seafood Show. I do uh, you know the NACUP shows when I when I can fit them in, and and then I do some shows with my distributor. But this year has been zero, zero, and zero. And we're hoping next year we'll be able to get back and and do because last year we. Last year in 2018, we were doing the tacos that she's making at our booth, and it was just people were floored um, by how well, delicious. Well, I'll tell you, Bill, what's great, and you know this, you and I talk. Our readership now online, Food and Nourish Magazine, has like 25,000 people an hour coming, wow. and it's because they don't have access to the trade shows, right? So it's yeah. guys like you that are working with us, and we're bringing them, and we're doing these kind of these kind of things, and we're showing them the products that are out there. And it's a shame that they can't smell it, even if they don't taste it, right. even if they just smell it or just see you walking by a booth or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's way um, different, you know. But we have to do what we have to do. That's why. No, for sure. I, and, you know, listen, I'd like to be there getting my books. I would like to be handing out books to people, moving to Food and Perfect Magazine. Look at this. Look oh, at this. Now you're yeah. talking. What is that, Jennifer? What is that? Look at this. If, if this doesn't make you want to, like, pull your car over and... Look at that gorgeous. It's the chicken. Oh. It's the, oh. Nothing is more gorgeous than watching you eat, Jennifer. <laughs> I, I, I only wish Phil. I only wish Phil was having a bulgogi taco. <laughs> that, just to make you jealous. <laughs> but, you know, the sauce, it soaks in. The crunch of the cabbage. I, I really do need to bring this back around. Like, Ooh. this is the kind of right? Yeah. This is why we have. Wait, that's barbecue. what did you make? Is that the that's not the chicken katsu, is it? No, no, no. No, that's the spicy chicken. That's the this spicy, spicy chicken, chicken oh. bulgogi. Yeah. I used the spicy chicken bulgogi and I mixed it though with the pork bulgogi. Oh, and okay. It was unbelievable. You made the Korean fajita platter. What? 
I didn't make. I didn't think about that. I should have probably gotten fajitas. I, mean, I don't even know how we ate with rice. We, ate, you know, we're in a, we're in a Hawaiian home, Bill. We eat everything with rice. You know. You know, what you do is with the spicy pork, you get your fajita platter, you cook your spicy pork and kimchi, you sizzle that platter, and then you put tofu um, around it, and serve it with leaf lettuce, and walk out in your on your table and put it in front of your guests. And that's and wow. Can I walk out in my bathrobe? To my totally, guests? yeah, for sure, yeah. Oh. Or skates. Put on some skates, skates and, and mm -hmm. cruise out on your roller skates. That might be better. <laughs> Look, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to have gotten my really true masterclass in the essential fundamentals of Korean barbecue from Bill Elliott, the master from KBBQ. And uh, I got to say, really, thank you so much for doing this with us and for us. I want the world to be inspired to discover these flavors. And we literally just scratched the surface today. Right. Next time I can cook and you can you can watch. I would like that actually. You can Okay. Maybe on. we'll do some maybe we'll do some soju cocktails next time too. Now you're talking, and of course, because the world has gone to lower alcohol by volume right. purposes. That's absolutely the next wave. You want to know what 2021 is going to taste like? This is a glimpse right here. Right. And what exactly. are you going to wash it down with? Soju cocktail. Bill Elliott, thank you so much. How do I say thank you in Korean? Kamsamida. Kamsamida. Thank you, sir. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Can we give everybody, Michael, the website one more time for the uh, we, Korean a, barbecue cage? Jennifer, it has been up. It's been up since I saw Bill's beautiful face. I put that up there. Okay. Bill, we're going to talk this week. Let's talk this week, buddy. We're going to talk right, this buddy, week. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Why do I love that guy? He's such a nice man. Yeah, when, when we talk, no one ever calls me out of the blue. For some reason, he called me out of the blue, what, a month and a half ago? And we had the yep. greatest conversation. He knew everything that was going on. It was pretty exciting. And I love it. What do you think of the background? I, my wife came in and said, what are those flashing yellow lights? I don't like it. I want all red. There it is. There it is. We had no choice. Love it. Jennifer, you are a gem in the kitchen. And call me when we're done because I need you to write up a description for the Michael Pollock's Friends in the Industry keynote for the rest, for a Florida International Restaurant Show. Uh, because, you know, I, because, you know, I can't do that. And everybody got their book already. Everybody got their books. And you're the only one that said thank you. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough. That is That book is really changing the way I'm thinking about the post-COVID adaptation that we all need to shift into. I love it. All right, Jen, go. You're cooking in the kitchen. We love you. I mean, I do. I hope everyone that's watching does. Because you'll always be my, you'll always be my peach, Jen. You'll always be my peach. It's Go like ahead. their own movie. I'm a peach. All right, babes. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, listen. Hug your kids and count your blessings. Mm -hmm.